From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast. The research and insights that give God the glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. I'm Joseph Darnell. Paleomagnetism involves the measurement of orientation and field strength of the Earth's magnetic field from the past. Such information was stored in magnetic minerals, which were heated, then cooled, thus preserving such information. Recently, a team of Israeli archaeologists and scientists made a breakthrough in measuring paleomagnetism in archaeological material. The material came from a very significant moment in biblical history, the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians. The Bible gives the date and details of the destruction recorded in 2 Kings 25, 8-10. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, that was the nineteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the bodyguard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. And he burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every great house he burned down. This date is corroborated in a cuneiform tablet called the Babylonian Chronicle, which independently records the fall of Jerusalem. Using this information, most scholars have settled the date of Jerusalem's destruction at 587 or 586 BC. This, therefore, represents a vital anchor point in history from which the other historical events can be tied, in order to establish an historical chronology. During the destruction of Jerusalem, 2 Kings records that every great building was destroyed by fire. The Israeli team investigated the burnt remains of a large building on the western slope of the city of David Ridge, which they recognized to be from the time of the Babylonian destruction. They measured the paleomagnetism of stony material, extracted from samples taken from the second-floor debris of a building, which had collapsed during the fire. The orientation and intensity of the magnetic field was measured very precisely. Because the date of the destruction layer is known with such certainty, the new paleomagnetic information can be used to independently check other archaeological sites from this period. We'll get right to how carbon-14 dating is related to all this right after a short break. Hey listener, while you're studying the early chapters of Genesis, have you felt like you're not learning as much as you might if you had a written commentary? As amazing and meaningful as the book of Genesis is, I want to learn everything I can from the theology and history that started, well, everything in life. But as many of the details in the book of Genesis relate to science, it would be great if it would also be a scientific commentary. That's why I recommend that you get a copy of a great book by Dr. Jonathan Sarfati, The Genesis Account. This classic commentary on Genesis 1-11 through contains a thorough analysis of the text itself and has a number of features that set it apart from many other Genesis commentaries. It defends the biblical creationist position. Creation in six consecutive normal days, death resulting from Adam's fall, and a globe-covering flood, and confusion of languages at Babel, and in the process it explains how the rest of the Bible interprets Genesis in a straightforward manner. While skillfully documenting how interpreters throughout church history have taught the topics of the book of Genesis, and that long-age death-before-sin views were a reaction to 19th-century uniformitarian geology, it also provides cutting-edge scientific support for Genesis history. But most importantly, it demonstrates that all doctrines of Christianity begin in Genesis 1-11, through so straightforwardly answers the commonest objections to a plain understanding of these crucial Genesis texts. You'll find a copy of the Genesis account at creation.com store. 
What is most significant is that the time in history that Jerusalem was destroyed falls in the middle of a period that cannot be dated using the carbon-14 technique. This period, known as the Hallstatt Disaster Plateau, covers the period 800 to 400 BC and appears in a calibration curve for this time as a flat area. And the new paleomagnetic information therefore provides an independent check for archaeological materials from this period in history and an opportunity to calibrate the radiocarbon curve. The Israeli team states this in the conclusion of their method. In this period, which is in the middle of the Hallstatt Plateau, dating using radiocarbon is very limited in its precision due to the flat nature of the calibration curve. Therefore, archaeomagnetic dating using the new results as a chronological benchmark has a great advantage as a dating tool in this period. It can be used for both archaeomagnetic dating of other destruction layers and other finds that have not been dated historically. Furthermore, if carbon-14 dating can be reliably calibrated, then other significant historical events can be reassessed in terms of their relationship to biblical history the most biblically important archaeological site being Jericho. Archaeology has indeed demonstrated the walls did come a-tumbling down. However, Jericho's fallen walls were carbon dated by archaeologist Dame Kathleen Kenyon in the late 1950s as being too old for Joshua to have been involved. Secular scholars have therefore relegated the biblical account of Jericho's destruction to Jewish myth and legend thereby dismissing the Bible as historically trustworthy in the eyes of many Christians. The new discovery by Vatkin and others may lead to further discoveries corroborating the historical accuracy of the Bible. The possibility that carbon-14 can be accurately calibrated is big news for archaeology, and particularly for biblical archaeology. One can hope that these new developments in paleomagnetism may start to turn back the tide of skepticism, which has long enveloped academia and cast doubt in the minds of Christians over the trustworthiness of God's Word. The Creation.com article podcast is hosted by me, Joseph Darnell. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Gavin Cox. Be sure to listen to our other show, Creation.com Talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. From everyone at creation.com, thanks for listening.